Hello, I'm Peter Hall and I'm editor of the Journal of Pathology. I'm holding in my hand the March 2010 issue of the journal and I thought I would take this opportunity to tell you a bit about what's inside it. The cover has a montage of images that relate to a paper on page 543 by Christian Ruiz and some colleagues from Basel and Helsinki. It highlights their really quite interesting paper that dissects the structure of part of chromosome 10, Q22, where there's a, an amplicon that's frequently seen in hormone refractory prostate cancer. What they've done is try to identify the potential driving genes in that region of genetic abnormality. And they've used high-resolution array CGH to narrow down the common amplified region to a 5.8 megabase segment. What they've done there is really quite clever. They silenced each of the genes known to exist in that small region using an RNAi strategy. And they found that one particular gene, vinculin, was the most promising target in that area. And then they used a range of cell biological and pathological assays to demonstrate that indeed vinculin is a major driving gene present at that locus and seen in prostate cancer. It's a really elegant and nice story, and that's why we put it on the cover. I should say that Christian Ruiz offered the cover image to us. Indeed, uh, we're actually very keen that any prospective authors might think about making a montage of attractive images from their paper for our cover. Further details about that can be found in our instructions to authors. Of course, we don't promise to publish everybody's uh, work on the cover, but we'd be very keen to get nice images for the cover from you. What else do we have in the March issue? The first article is in fact a short editorial by Richard Poulsen, Joe Wixon and myself uh, on the journal's approach to publication ethics and misconduct. This is an important topic and I would highlight that the editorial describes in particular the introduction of a system called Authenticate, which allows us to compare the text of all submitted articles with previously published articles out there in the universe of all published articles, so allowing the rapid detection of any plagiarism or other misconduct of that sort. Fortunately, our experience to date, and we've been using this now for more than six months, is that problems are pretty few and far between, but I would encourage all authors to read that in editorial. So what else have we got? Well, Ian Campbell and colleagues from the Peter McCallum Centre in Melbourne have provided a comprehensive and analytical review of the rather controversial subject of genetic changes in tumour microenvironments. The two papers that follow this review actually provide a val valuable backdrop since they focus on the phenotypic changes that occur in tumour-associated fibroblasts, but we'll come back to that in a moment. It turns out that over the last five, perhaps ten years, there a number of authors have rather controversially suggested that tumour stroma can develop somatic genetic alterations analogous to those observed in malignant neoplastic, certainly epithelium. Indeed, some papers have reported very high frequencies of clonal somatic genetic alterations in tumour-associated fibroblasts. The changes that can be seen include LOH, amplification, point mutations, and alterations in key uh, genes such as P53 and P10. Of course, there are more mundane explanations for such observations, and what Ian Campbell and his colleagues have done is to analyse the data in great detail. They show that a striking feature of the studies reporting 
frequent clonal somatic alterations in tumour-associated fibroblasts was the use of tissues and techniques which are well known to be prone to generating artefacts with limiting amounts of and poor quality DNA followed by highly multiplexed PCR-based systems. Basically, they're arguing that much of these observations are, in fact, technical artefacts. I think the review provides a balanced, detailed and compelling case for the idea that the alleged clonal somatic mutations are, in fact, not of biological origin, but are, in fact, artefacts. Make up your own mind when you read it. What of those cancer-associated fibroblasts? What properties might they have and how might this relate to tumour biology and clinical behaviour? So the two papers that follow the review in the March issue provide some insights in the context of oral squamous cell carcinoma. The first paper is a very comprehensive multi-author study from the groups of Stephen Prime in Bristol and Ken Parkinson in London using transcriptional profiling studies to show that fibroblasts could be distinguished according to the stage of tumour development. I guess their key observation is that the expression profile of fibroblasts from tumours with an aggressive phenotype is markedly different from those with a relatively non-aggressive phenotype. I'll let you read the details, but one fascinating observation relates to smooth muscle actin and the integrin alpha-6, whose expression seems to correlate both with prognosis and appears to be in, in an independent data set, is quite a good marker of uh, adverse outcome. Of course, we're in the Journal of Pathology more focused on the biology than the clinical side of things. But the clinical side of things often relates to the biology and is, of course, very important. The second paper, quite independent from the first, comes from Gareth Thomas and colleagues from Southampton and other centres who undertook a range of studies, both clinical and experimental, that in essence confirm the reports of Prime and Parkinson. Again, I'd emphasize quite independent studies. Functional assays showed that oral squamous cell carcinomas can modulate myofibroblast differentiation seemingly through an integrin-dependent process involving TGF-beta activation, and that myofibroblasts promote oral squamous cell carcinoma invasion. They also showed that a smooth muscle actin positive stroma is the strongest predictor of oral squamous carcinoma mortality, far outperforming classical histological grade and TNM stage. So those two papers together make a really nice set, particularly in the context of the review article. We hope you find them interesting. We've got two other papers on head and neck cancer in the March issue. The first uh, from a Taiwanese group who studied a particular microRNA in the context of epithelial mesenchymal transition and tumour progression. That's another very nice paper. And the final one in this little grouping of head and neck tumour-related papers comes from a multinational group involving authors from Singapore, Japan and the Mayo Clinic have used gene expression profiling to look at the properties of um, nasal-type natural killer T-cell lymphoma. Obviously not a common disease, but a very nice detailed analysis of the biology of this particular tumour type. Some other papers in the, in the issue. From John Collinge, James Ironside, Dave Hilton and colleagues, a very nice detailed analysis of the effects of technical issues, including fixation, on CJD prion proteins. A technical paper, perhaps, but with an important clinical message 
which is in relation to the current prevalence data on variant CJD. And basically they're arguing that the current data is pretty robust and is not an underestimate as a consequence of technical parameters. Three other papers, one from San Francisco on issues to do with the chemokine CXCL12 and its receptors in mesothelioma, a very nice experimental model using zebrafish to investigate human skeletal development and associated pathologies from Leiden with uh, Pancras Hugendorn being the senior author. And finally, a group from Detroit who've undertaken a very detailed proteomic analysis of chorioamnionitis. What they argue are that changes of immunomodulatory proteins in amniotic fluid and placental tissues are manifestations of maternal anti-fetal allograft rejection. A very detailed analysis, uh, again, perhaps for, for the connoisseur, but uh, some very important messages in that paper. So that's the March issue. Hopefully, in its pages, there's something of interest to all of you.